Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. We all know that steroids are definitively performance-enhancing drugs for athletes. Yes. Right? Yes. But Adderall is the same equivalent for an esports athlete. Welcome into Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up today on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with the latest action in the Overwatch League as well as the LCS. Plus, Frostbite went down over the weekend and Norris was up in Toronto for the Forza Motorsports 7 WGN Championship. We're going to talk about all of that coming up today on Checkpoint XP. But we start today talking about Adderall. A Washington Post article uh, recently came out that has brought the issue back into the spotlight. Uh, This was something that was discussed and talked about a lot about maybe four or five years ago, around the time that ESL came out and announced that it would be drug testing for any athletes that are actively taking uh, uh, ADHD medication, and uh, this this is a pretty serious topic. Um, it's it is as I said, the equivalent of steroids in traditional sports, and I think that it should be treated the same exact way. Yeah, so uh, the uh, Washington Post article that you talked about, uh, uh, specifically, they they talked to a few different esports athletes from all across the esports scene, and uh, one of them in particular, uh, Adam Killer Sloss, uh, claimed that Adderall is you, you know, its use in esports has basically been like this sort of open secret for years. Everyone knows that it goes on, but nobody says anything about it. You had mentioned ESL actually banning the substance and doing drug tests, but it isn't a straight ban. If you have a prescription, you're still allowed to use it, and that's one of the issues that the scene faces is it's so easy to get prescriptions for Adderall or other ADHD medicine. It's something that is almost impossible to to regulate. Well, and I mean, of people of a certain age, especially our age, Adderall really started to come onto the scene through kids like during finals week, midterms week. Everybody knew a kid in school who, you know, especially once you got into college, knew a kid who had to crunch, you know, know, three midterms into a day. So they're popping Adderall for a week so they can stay up, study, do whatever, whatever. And, you know, it is an ADHD medication. It is something that should be prescribed by a doctor. But... We know that there are people who have been abusing this particular drug for many, many years. And the issue that I see here when it pertains to esports is the fact that you're right, Robbie. It There is a very, very sort of fuzzy line between are there players in, you know, esports leagues that actually need this drug to function? And are there some who are abusing it? And I think it becomes incredibly difficult to be able to tell what player falls into what sort of category. No, I think you're absolutely right. By the way, I I just want to give credit where credit is due. Coleman Hampstead is the writer from the Washington Post that is the author on this story. And uh, and, and listen, this is really serious because as you mentioned, you know, some people need it to function. I understand that. At the same time, the chemical that we're talking about is amphetamine. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about Adderall specifically, you're talking 
about amphetamine. Uh, Ritalin and Vyvanse, they're slightly different chemical compositions, but they're all uppers. They're all designed to uh, help you uh, stay, uh, you know, pay attention, stay focused. And the real concern, I think that some people have that I have, and this is coming from someone who was diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age. So, you know, as young as elementary school, I had started taking Ritalin. I had taken Adderall into my adulthood, and I'm someone who's very skeptical about its therapeutic benefits. So I think long-term exposure to amphetamines is a is a big concern, but whether or not this actually has any therapeutic value for the people who claim to need it or have prescriptions for it is also something that should be put under the microscope, especially for esports. I think you really kind of get into the the sticky wicket of it all of where do you draw the line, right? Because it's some people are prescribed this. Therefore, like you can't go in all no Adderall, no performance, you know, anything that could fall into that category. Because sure. There are people that do need it, but it also kind of feels like legal or re- uh, regulating weed at this point. Right. Like, some people I, I don't do know. Need it, some people don't. I, like- I don't I don't I don't think that that's a very good comparison because I think that you can draw a, a, a straight line between. Adderall and Vyvanse and Ritalin and steroids if you're making the comparison of what it does in a competitive environment. Steroids don't build muscle. They give you the energy to go work out and build muscle your, uh, and, it, and it increases your aggression. You know, that's that's what happens when you use things like steroids. It, it helps you to work out on your own. It helps the body do something it doesn't want to do naturally. And that's exactly Exactly the same thing that's happening here is that kids that are taking Adderall, they don't they, they're starting to burn out, at, you know, with 12 hour spans sitting in front of a video game. It's something that the body wasn't naturally meant to do. And they're using a chemical to be able to supplement that. I don't see any difference between steroids and traditional sports and amphetamines and uppers in Esports. Well, and the reason why I think you can't necessarily make it a comparison is to something like marijuana is marijuana is not the use case is totally different, right? Marijuana is not used as something that you are trying to get a competitive advantage over, you know, with and with, you know, amphetamines and uppers and stuff like that. As Nate was saying, you get a competitive advantage because you're able to scrim more. You're able to focus in more. You're able to spend more time watching video. You're able to do all the stuff that technically you would be doing anyway, but more of it. And so that gives you a competitive advantage where I I will say that it is not necessarily a a one-to-one to steroids is the fact that I still have to have the mechanical skill to be better than somebody else when it comes to esports, whether as with uh, something like steroids. If I come to the gym or if I come to the field and I'm 60 pounds heavier than you with all muscle, I have a very distinct advantage before we even say go. 
uh, pro CSGO player uh, Emma Emmy Choi actually said something similar to that. She says countless, countless players below the pro level take Adderall, but will still fail to beat the best of the best. And uh, it can also have negative effects as well, whereas the people get too focused on one aspect of the game, they forget other important, crucial game-winning factors such as communication. And and you know what that's important is that Adderall's not a magic pill. It's not going to make you magically better at video games. But when you're playing at the top percent, somebody who's playing under the influence of Adderall, I would definitely argue that they have an edge over somebody who is not, even if there is a prescription or an undiagnosed whatever that exists out there. All right, this is a really interesting conversation, and I want to keep it going, but we got to check out Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week. Stay close to the heat. Close Shave. Turn on Checkpoint XP. For this week's Close Shave, we go to Overwatch, but it's not professional play that made the cut in a clip shared to the Reddit. Uh, the Reddit. The Reddit. That's the right. Reddit. <laughs> Two players are in the unfortunate position of having been left by their four other players after taking the first point. In a 2v6 situation, they could have just given up. Instead, they devise a cunning plan. On Hanamura, using a Winston to backcap the point while the enemy team tries to spawn camp. Miraculously, they actually managed to take the map 2v6 in what is probably one of the closest shaves ever. Go, 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 go. They're all the way up hit. There's four of them here. Go, 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 go. I'm rallying to keep myself alive. Don't lose. Press the attack. I got a kill. I probably shouldn't have. I got two kills. Enemy turret ahead. This one I literally killed two of them. I killed two of them. I just rallied and kept swinging and I kept myself alive. I absolutely love that. I killed two. I probably shouldn't, but I killed two. Check out Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. An interesting conversation about Adderall in eSports and whether or not it constitutes a performance-enhancing drug. And I just want to make a, a final point here, okay? I'm someone who was diagnosed again and again with needing the substance to be able to function in my life. Now, I will say I perform better when I'm taking Adderall, I perform my job better when I'm taking Adderall. I am a better gamer when I take Adderall. But I haven't been taking Adderall in the last year and a half. And you've been and if you've been listening to this show, you know that I've been functioning just fine. That is, uh... yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm watching you. Anyway, but I, like I, I don't think that I think that the therapeutic value of Adderall is blanketly overstated in our society. And so I this gives me great pause when I see things like Adderall and Vyvanse and Ritalin being abused in a professional setting. I think there's no room for that. And I think esports 
capital E Esports, needs to get a handle on this and figure out what it wants to do. Listen, we got to take a break, but uh, we want to hear from you. What do you think about the the Adderall issue? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check out the latest action in the Overwatch League and LCS. Plus, we got to check out what was going on at Frostbite. Uh, FGC Caster Script is going to join us for that conversation. But uh, next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint XP News Desk. The Overwatch League had just rescheduled all their canceled matches. And then... Esports News is next, here on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and Gaming Radio. CheckpointXP.com The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. My name is Nate Bender. So glad to have you locked in with us. I want to thank everyone listening on 1080 The Fan and KXTG 750 The Game in Portland, Oregon. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we've got to check in with the latest action in the Overwatch League as well as the LCS. Plus, Frostbite was in action over the weekend, so we got to talk about some Super Smash Brothers. We're going to do that with FGC Caster Script and hear about Norris's exciting weekend up in Toronto, checking out the Forza Motorsports 7 WGN Championship. Those conversations ahead this hour here on Checkpoint XP, but first. Oh my god! It's over! It's over! He did it! For the dog! Oh, and another one! What is this? Esports Gaming Update. So just as the Overwatch League had announced their plans to make up the Chinese games that had been affected by the coronavirus concerns, new reports of the virus spreading to South Korea have once again dash those plans. Oh, so man. now, in addition, the Seoul homestand has also been canceled, and the league will look to, again, reschedule these now 30-plus you know, matches. You were saying, Nate, that uh, not holding on to the Burbank Arena is looking real kind of stupid right yeah. now. D- see, man? Uh, I mean, I, at first I was saying, hey, what do you want him to do? Da, 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 extenuating circumstances. Extend no, the lease! I'm, I don't know, no, man! I'm, I'm with you at this point. They gotta figure something out, because, yeah. I mean, we already were talking about how certain teams didn't play until week four, week five. You're gonna have these teams not playing until week eight. That's eight. That, I don't. I don't see how that is viable. No, it's not. You like, might as well. I don't, you I don't as, see how that's competitively viable. You might as well have at this point stop them halfway. Yeah. and then restart. For the second half. I hate to be that guy. You can't cancel the matches, Rick, and this is why. Not everyone plays <laughs> the exact same amount of matches at the same time. If you cancel all these homestands, you're going to have Gladiators at the end played 20 matches, whereas Nixle played 25 matches. How are those standings viable at all? I don't. That's Shut what, up. I just Nobody don't. likes you. <laughs> Moving on. Following in the footsteps of Tyler Ninja Blevins, notorious streaming Damn. star Dr. Disrespect has signed a book deal that will see a memoir written using his on-stream persona. Ugh. And did you also know, because this went under my radar last year, he secured a deal to produce a scripted television series about his character? 
It will be done through the same company that does The Walking Dead, and it's rumored to be an animated series. Stop it. Done in the style of Castlevania and Thundercats. <laughs> Listen. Why? All right, check this out. Why? Check this out, though. I don't really rock with Dr. Disrespect, but I'm going to tell you now, I'd much rather read a book from Dr. Disrespect than Ninja. It's probably going to be good bathroom reading. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, man. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bum. Over the weekend, during a live broadcast of the LCK, host Kim Mina appeared to display symptoms of the coronavirus. Oh, no. A cough? Due to the safety concerns currently plaguing China and now Korea, she was immediately taken off the broadcast. Tests have came back since then. They were negative for the virus, but nonetheless, it was a, a big scare for All the, right, uh, no, that's, the That's good. Did they get the gigantic hook to get her no. off camera? No, because here, here's, here's what people need to understand, okay? A cough does not mean coronavirus, okay? It is still regular flu season in the Northern Hemisphere, okay? So... Everybody, just calm down, <laughs> wash your hands, do what you're supposed to do. But every time somebody's under the weather, especially folks of Asian descent, let's not just go, oh my God, yeah. coronavirus. That's a little calm racist. Down. That's a little calm racist, down. yeah. The LCS so far this year has proven to be pretty topsy-turvy, and at the top of the pack, still with a 10-0 record, is Cloud9, who haven't lost a single mid-lane turret so far this split. Also, interestingly, Cloud9 is the only team in North America who doesn't currently have a former champion on their roster. And guess what? They're going to be some split champions this time. And l- Insane. Listen, Insane performance from Cloud9. Cloud9 is at the top of the hill right now, and I've never seen a team be this much better than everybody else, Team it, Liquid included. I mean, it really does make you wonder if this is just, uh, you know, how good... T- Cloud Nine is, or just how bad the rest of North America is. No, right Cloud Nine is that much better than everybody. Y- else. You think? Yeah. Okay. All right. I hope so. We'll find out when they step foot onto the uh, international stage. <laughs> Speaking of dominating performances, Gen G won DreamHack this past weekend without dropping a single map. They defeated Furia two and zero in the finals, and also trounced Complexity, Ents, and North on the way to earning their first trophy. That is dominant. Oh my god. Over the weekend, the Houston Outlaws and the Boston Uprising made league history despite playing for the bottom spot in the league. (laughs) Boston won the first map. They drew on the second. Boston took the third, drew on the fourth, and then the Outlaws came back and won two more, pushing the game to the first Game 7 in regular season play in history. But Boston would ultimately end up coming out on top yeah, of Yeah, my boys in the uprising. Well, bo- top of the bottom. That's let's, fine. Let's make sure that we're clear. It's not the bottom here. of the bottom. It was, it was a difficult match to enjoy because this wasn't just two teams playing at the highest level and out competing against each other. This was two teams just falling over <laughs> each other. It was. Line, it, was a, it was an absolute trash fire of a match, but it was incredibly entertaining it for was. me <laughs> as a neutral to watch two teams who have really no business being on the stage playing like, like that. And uh, yeah, it was quite entertaining. That's Robbie, funny. are the outlaws cursed? Oh man, I there there could be some arguments made for, but well, because <laughs> they've lost everything so far and their luggage and their luggage and well. their luggage. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, yeah. that's it for the Does checkpoint. Like 
XP Esports update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update this past weekend. Saw the 2020 Oceania International Junior Championship go down for competitive Pokemon play. Seven-year-old Simone Lim shocked everyone with her upset win over the top seed and proven competitor Justin Miranda Radboard and went 5-0 and to get to the finals and was much older. Yes. Simone. Yes. Much older. Flex, little sis. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of this. This was great. Okay. First of all, I don't follow Pokemon. I don't care to follow Pokemon. It is a children's game. I don't play children's games because I'm 30 plus. Okay. I wouldn't be caught dead playing Pokemon at a professional level, calling myself the top of the hill, trying to dominate people and talk mess about Pokemon. Okay. But. Watching a seven-year-old dominate a bunch of people in Pokemon is must-see TV. And, and, and it was an uphill climb for it, too, because even though uh, Justin had went 5-0 and to get to the finals, uh, Simone actually nearly got knocked out down in brackets. She went 3-2 uh, uh, to two against a few of them. And even in, the, in this final game against Justin, it was a 3-2 to two basically in like the 11th hour of the game, and she just had the perfect read on him. She had her Tyranitar was left up against two of whatever he had left, and... Honestly, even hitting one of them, he could have just went with two attacks and probably finished her off. Uh, but she was able to uh, read the situation right and came out on top. It was it was a great win. Yeah, I, listen, I don't want to take anything away from this uh, seven-year-old little girl. Okay, do it, normally do when it. people start, about to. start He's a, about a to. statement like that, you're totally yeah. going to try and He's take something away from this little girl. So because here's it. the thing. It was entertaining to watch, and she did play a very good match of Pokemon. But... Uh, here's the thing, is that when you remove over half of the different characters from your game, uh, you end up invariably impacting the potential strategies that someone can bring to the table. The meta of Pokemon, and specifically competitive Pokemon, was upset so drastically, not just by the exclusion of so many different Pokemon, but also with the inclusion of Dynamaxing and the exclusion of Mega evolutions and Z moves, you've upset this meta Nate. so much that a seven-year-old can walk Nate. in and win in Nate. a competitive environment, and I think that that does not bode Nate. well for Nate. the future of Pokemon Nate. as a competitive eSport. Nate. What?! She's seven, bro. I know. Hold on. So, so, so your, your argument is basically that, that the meta's been dumbed down. No, the, yes. game, is, the game is Hold so on, dumbed no, down. Hold on. Okay, so if it's been dumbed down to the point that a seven-year-old can do it, then why is she still beating someone twice her age who should still have a higher capacity Hold to get a better grip on this simple meta? Because this isn't just some dude who walked in. This is also another champion who's been playing. Because someone who's actually been playing over a long period of time is now disadvantaged. The, st- the strategies that they would have walked in there with have been dusted. They've been, they, nope. they have to go nope. back to the drawing nope. board. No, get with it or get lost. Oh. This is the oh, same. No, this is the same meta argument that we have with every esport. If you cannot adjust to the meta, then you have no business being a pro. Flat out. We've said it. You've said it. Everybody here has said the same thing. So, before anybody goes up here and tries to discredit this girl and her accomplishments, which I'm not going to do, even though I don't play Pokemon, 
I'm just going to say that good on her. She made a hard read. She won the thing. And don't take that away from her just because the meta is not what you think it should be. Where your prize pool at, Nate? The only, if it's dug down, where your prize pool? The on, shut up. The <laughs> only way that we know whether or not this is a meta problem or whether she is a Pokemon prodigy is her future performance. This is her first time out at a tournament. Yeah. So this could be a fluke. And if it's a fluke, I think that that's a strike against the meta. If she continues to perform well all the way through juniors, all the way up through masters, it's going to be an incredible next 10 years worth of competitive Pokemon. And we'll be looking forward to your apology to her on air. Listen, I will be the first to apologize if she can put up a repeat performance. But I have some serious doubts based on just the mechanics of this game. All right, well, listen, we want to hear from you. What do you think of a seven-year-old taking first at a junior Pokemon championship? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we've got to talk about Frostbite. And to talk about it with us, we're going to welcome in FGC caster script to the show. Put ahead next, we're going to get caught up on Overwatch League and LCS action. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. We've got to break down the latest action in the Overwatch League and LCS right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on the talk of Las Vegas. 7.20 a.m. as well as KJR 9.50 in Seattle, Washington. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com Lots of esports were in action over the weekend, but we are solidly in the middle of the season for both Overwatch League and LCS. What are we moving into the third week or the fourth week this of the Overwatch? Fourth week, fourth the week. fourth yeah, week of right. Overwatch League, and uh, the homestands continue uh, to varying degrees of production success. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie, our resident Overwatch expert, uh, tell us what was going on in OWL over the weekend. I think the big headlines this weekend was definitely the Philadelphia Fusion. It was the Washington Justice's homestand, but the Fusion managed to come out and right at the start of the week three and one the New York Excelsior who seemed to be asleep for the first half of that match but even after they woke up Carpe, Sato and the squad they were all firmly in control of that match and they looked very dominant. No they look real good and I think this is almost sort of a resurgence of the team that we saw go to the grand finals two seasons ago. I mean the personnel has not changed that much with Philly. This is the same core. They're all still there but it just seems like this meta is very kind to them. Mm -hmm. Carpe is able to switch off to hit scan whenever he feels that they're up against the wall a little bit. And and Poco is back to being his usual Poco self. But I think the story here is Sato. I think Sato has been a, a, a player that 
has not necessarily gotten his just due over the past couple seasons, and I think his play has been absolutely lights out over the past couple weeks. This looks like a returning championship team. The first year when London came back for that second season, they looked very, very shaky. But now, you know, you had the fusion that went over last year. Now they're coming back for the third season. This looks like a returning championship team, and I love to see this kind of dominant performance out of the Philly fusion. Yep. Uh, the only other two things I want to notice too, or, or to note too, is that. Toronto did almost reverse sweep the Fusion. This is only their second showing in the league, so I think there's a lot of promise there. And then the poor Washington Justice had such a great performance against uh, the uh, London Spitfire in the first half of the map, and then London turned around, somehow kept them completely confined to their spawn room in what I am dubbing the Massacre at El Dorado. <laughs> and you showed me this clip. Oh, I cannot man. believe the amount of disrespect shown on this field. It was an incredible play. It's an incredible clip to go check out, and you can see it over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. We also broke a record this week in Overwatch where it was the match between the Houston Outlaws and the Boston and Uprising. The Boston they, Uprising. They went to a Game 7 against each other. Yeah. And, uh, which, and which Boston is, ended up coming out on top. They did. My well, team! On top it of was, the bottom. It was. It was the longest, wackest match ever <laughs> put to, to broadcast. Alright, we gotta switch gears and talk about CDL real quick. There was a big weekend for FaZe, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing is really that in the semifinals, they were down 0-2 before regaining their form and really pulling off an incredible reverse sweep, which happened on the other side of the semifinals bracket as well. So really in the finals, you had two teams that maybe didn't, I don't want to say didn't deserve to be there, but they had to fight tooth and nail to get in uh, before Atlanta finally won out in front of a home crowd. Hometown crowd. Big massive, pops which there. Which I think that's the first time that's happened where uh, the hometown team actually won the homestand. Ended up taking so the entire tournament. All right, we're going to check out the latest in League of Legends here in just a moment, but now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio. This week's Nailed It goes out to MK Leo for his incredible performance at Frostbite 2020. In a matchup against Japanese Pac-Man player T, Leo looked like he was on the ropes. He was down 2-1 to one, heading into a Game 4 situation. The last round, the two competitors stayed neck and neck, keeping within 20% damage of one another almost the entire round. A clutch block on the final exchange would hand MK Leo the victory. The oh desperation came out of T. He thought he saw the forward smash, but it wasn't there. Stick around because we'll actually sit down with FGC caster script to talk about Frostbite 2020 in just a few minutes. And next hour, we're going to find out who failed it. And as always, you can check out who nailed it and failed it over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. All right, switching gears now to the LCS, and of course, we've got our LCS expert. Oh my God, stop the damn match. It's Joe. Oh my God, I'm back. He's uh, been broken in half. He has been <laughs> broken in half. Uh, let's talk about the yeah. latest action in LCS Cloud9 continuing their dominant season. Listen, there are two things that can be said for certain about the LCS, and only two things. 
Cloud9 will make the playoffs, and CounterLogic Gaming will not. Those, <laughs> those are the at ten and zero for Cloud9 and right. one and nine for CLG. Their futures are basically decided. However, no one else's are. There is right now a one game difference between fourth place and ninth place in the LCS standings right now. See, I'm not sure if that's like really great because it's parity, or it's really terrible because you just got one really good team, one really bad one, and everybody else in the middle kind of sucks. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That is exactly the issue. It, it means that Cloud9 is probably a good team, or at least the best of a bunch of bad teams. Well, I it mean, is not T- going to be a good sign on the international TSM stage. TSM has seemed to reverse their fortunes. I mean, they've gone on a, a, a streak of, of wins here, and they look... If there's a team that's just below C9 to how they look, FlyQuest and TSM probably are around there. But everybody else, yeah, they look pretty lethargic. Dignitas I mean, got off to that great start. Now they look pretty meh. Uh, Immortals got off to a decent start. They look pretty meh. Yeah. I, there's really no one all that exciting if you're not named Cloud9. And yeah, maybe FlyQuest, maybe TSM. I don't know. Talk to me about uh, stepping onto the international stage because uh, obviously, as you had just pointed out, you know, a lot of factors at play here that go into Cloud9's dominant season so far. Right. What are you expecting when Cloud9 gets onto the international stage? Well, that's an issue that we've had in the LCS now for what seems like a number of years is when we do have a very dominant team, take liquid from years Mm -hmm. past then they get to the international stage and they're just okay it's hard to get a real good idea of how good you are when you're playing against lesser competition i I will i will say this though if there's a year for c9 to win worlds it's this one because you got the coronavirus spread all across uh the 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 globe right now i do not want that asterisk next to one. but listen it's gonna happen they're gonna have to have worlds and there's gonna be some teams that are simply not going to be there because of this the chinese regions played what one week's worth of games so far this year yeah, it's it's not a good sign for them. It's not a good sign for the Korean scene. That said, the worlds are being held in China, so nope, not no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, a lot uh, being impacted by the coronavirus currently, and a lot of question marks, especially in the esports space. But listen, we want to hear from you. What do you think about the uh, the the possibility of uh, Cloud Nine performing on an international stage? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on. On Facebook and Twitter and checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update that's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to talk about Frostbite 2020 with FGC Caster Script, as well as uh, hear about Norris's trek up to the Toronto International Auto Show for the Forza Motorsport 7 WGN Championship. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. Starting in the Overwatch League, Week 4 we'll see the OWL heading down to the Lone Star State for the Houston homestand. The Outlaws will be welcoming New York, Florida, Toronto, Atlanta, London, Boston, Philly, and Paris to town. Turning our attention to the spring split of the League of Legends LCS, where Cloud9 continue to dominate, Monday Night League this week will play host to Counterlogic Gaming and Immortals, while Dignitas squares off with Cloud9 in a must-see match. The last weekend in February marks IEM Katowice. In addition to StarCraft II, the tournament also marks the first ESL major of 2020 for CSGO. As we look towards March, all eyes are on ESL 1 Los Angeles, marking the first Dota ESL major of the year. The Apex Legends Global Series has its first major stop in Arlington, Texas. That event runs from March 13th through the 15th. 
The Capcom Pro Tour has a stop in Brussels that'll run from March 20th through the 22nd. And that's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. Remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and Gaming Radio. CheckpointXP.com. FGC caster script will join us here in just a moment on checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the sports hub of Boston, as well as the team 980 in Washington, DC. Just a reminder, checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for checkpoint XP and the other identity. Plus we've got some really cool dungeons and dragons inspired merch. And you've seen us all wearing it on stream at the various events that you see us at. The Checkpoint XP jersey, officially available. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. Frostbite 2020 was in action over the weekend. And joining us now uh, over Discord, we've got FGC caster Script. Script, welcome back to the show. It's good to be here, guys. It's been a while. So I, we a lot to talk about in uh, in Frostbite, and uh, let's let's actually start with MK Leo. Ended up taking home the entire tournament last year. He ended up not being able to make it, falling to tweak this year. Uh, coming back in full force, and he had one of the best performances I've ever seen against Japanese Pac-Man player T. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was so interesting, too, because Pac-Man is one of those characters everyone's been talking about, and it has so many tools, but it just takes the right mind to put them all together in the right place. And I think that's what T was doing until the very last moment, too. We noticed that set went down to a 3-2, so it came down to the final game. Yes. It's, it's so interesting to see how this is developing, too, because the uh, the Japanese tier list and how they rank characters is so different than how we see them in America, too. So characters like Pac-Man see a lot more representation out there, and I'd love to see it come through in the States as well. Man, not just the final round, but the final stock, man. They were at, they were within 20% health of each other that entire round. I have not seen a tighter round played in recent memory. I w- was on the edge of my seat the entire time. An amazing performance from MK Leo, who uh, obviously ended up going to the final round in all Mexican final round at Frostbite. That's pretty amazing. Very cool, too. It's, it's interesting to see. As We've talked about Japan, but they've been in another region. Um, you're seeing games like Tekken now, where you have like the Middle East start to be able to represent so, so well. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here from a uh, little bit south of the border. You see, obviously, you've had MK Leo around for a while as well. Then you've had touches and brushes with other great Mexican talent, but Meister just in full force here, too. It's amazing to see him reach these peaks. So I have a quick question about Byleth. We saw a little bit of Byleth over the course of Frostbite. Where Where is Byleth sitting in terms of the greater overall meta of Ultimate right now? Because a lot of people were just completely pulling their hair out about another Fire Emblem character. Is this a character that, you know, is going to be viable long term? It's interesting because at the top level right now, we've only really seen it from MK Leo, and that was in the final game of that Grand Finals reset against Meister 2, and I think he was doing that as just to just to give the crowd a little bit of flavor. Change yeah, he was showing off. A little <laughs> bit, too, and to be able to do that on the greatest stage, that just goes to show how great he is. But 
I think it's more credit to the player of Leo. I do think Byleth has a lot of tools to be able to interact, but just the uh, very slow. It kind of takes the uh, the methodical play of a, a certain type of player. But I think Leo can do it as well at the highest level. Now, Norris, you brought up an amazing point. We actually saw a bunch of different characters in use over the weekend. Talk about the current meta, and is this is this as a result of some of the balancing changes that came with 7.0, or is this just uh, you know the the settling long term of how ultimate meta is uh, shaking out? Well, to say to stay in the reference of MK Leo here too, we saw Joker get a few nerfs in the most recent patch, and we started to see Frostbite how those things started to play out. To to start, MK Leo, actually the first round of that next wave of pools, the way it turned out works is you'll go phase one, phase two, final bracket. MK Leo lost his first round in that second bracket too in a 3-0 fashion to a Mario player. And then you just see this litany of characters and different matchups you see MK Leo having to go into, winning 11 straight sets in loser's bracket to take the tournament. And just goes to show you, these nerfs aren't anything that's going to be taking him out of the running, too. It just kind of makes him adapt more. And it actually makes the game a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting to watch. FGC Caster Script has been our guest. Script, let them know where they can find you online. Hey, man, Script JCR on Twitter, and I'd love to see you guys out there, too. Make it to one of your most recent Smash events. Frostbite just ended. We have a lot more stuff coming in the Midwest. Go to Combo Breaker, baby. That's what I'm looking forward to next. Absolutely. Script FGC Caster has been our guest here on Checkpoint XP. Thank you so much for your time today. You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. And Norris, you actually, now, nor- normally, mm-hmm. you would be out at an event like Frostbite. That's right. Uh, but actually, this weekend, you trekked it all the way up to Toronto to check out the uh, Forza Motorsport 7 WGN Championship. So tell us, this was attached to the Canadian International Auto Show. That's right. What did you see, man? I know I was watching at home. I was watching Force One take the whole thing. Uh, this was some amazing Forza. Yeah, no, it was really cool. And it was actually my first time going to a eSports motorsport event. Uh, this was the first time that I had been to something like that. And the setup that they had at the Canadian International Auto Show was actually really cool. You went down the escalator, you turned around, and they pretty much had a whole half of a floor dedicated uh, to the Forza Championships. There was a space for people to, you know, casuals to just play the game. There was a space where people were trying to set lap times in order to qualify for the big event over the uh, course of the week. It was a really cool event, and eventually some of those players that qualified during the auto show got a chance to race up against some of those pros and uh, really test their medal against some of the best racers in North America. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we saw some of the best racers in North America in action. Of course, Force One, if you wanted to know more about him, you can check out some stories over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, but uh, we also had Lightning that was out there, Mm -hmm. Uh, some amazing performances from all these cats now i understand that they had racing wheels that were set up but not everyone used the racing wheels yeah so uh they only had i believe in the grand finals race two players uh that actually used the racing wheels uh or excuse me that was in the second semifinal, and only one of those players uh actually made it to the grand final a guy by the name of hot saucer he actually was the second place racer from the year before uh, but unfortunately, he came in dead last oh. during uh, the grand finals. But uh, I did take the time to talk to our eventual champion for the Forza Motorsports Championship, uh, Force One. And I didn't know that he had a background in kart racing. 
And uh, this is what he had to say when I asked him about kart racing. Yeah, so I was racing go-karts since I was nine years old, and I feel like a lot of the experiences I had racing in the real world at such a young age prepared me to be successful here. Um, when it comes to racing online, there's a lot of similarities in the mental aspects that you, you take to the track, and I feel a lot of the things that I do I've learned from go-kart racing over the years. You know, that's really interesting because Forza is one of those esports where there is almost a direct one to one between the skills that you develop while learning to play the video game. And if you got behind the wheel of an actual car, you could deploy those same skills, especially with some of those, you know, advanced racing wheels that are out there. No, you totally could. And I mean, you know, when you saw the races taking place and you saw them unfolding, they unfolded in the very same way that a lot of F1 races uh, unfold with maybe only one or two overtakes happening over the course of a race, unless you're somebody like Force One. But, you know, you're right. Some of those same skills apply. So it was very interesting to see how some of these players who have really kind of no experience in racing in real life and seeing how they got utterly dominated by somebody who actually has real life experience behind a real wheel. Force One walking away with $7,500, even third place place took home uh, a cool two G's. And and on top of that, he won a track day for two down in Atlanta. He's going to be able to go down there and actually get behind the wheel of of some some really powerful machines. So uh, congratulations again out to Force. Absolutely. And if you want more info, make sure you check out worldgaming.com. But listen, we want to hear from you. What esports event have you been to or watched that has surprised you? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, and when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. But ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint XP News Desk. You're never going to guess who Activision Blizzard has subpoenaed to try and root out a Call of Duty leaker. You're right. I'm never going to guess. Stick around. Gaming news is next here on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. We're going to check out the coolest stuff coming from the 2020 Toy Fair coming up this hour. Plus... If you could pardon absolutely anyone in gaming, who would it be? And XQC is not the right answer. (laughs) But first... Gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. A former Bioware cinematic designer revealed on Twitter that hardly anyone played, quote-unquote, the bad guy in Mass Effect. In the game, every choice you made was considered either Paragon or... Or renegade, and according to him, 92% were paragons. Now there is another uh, sort of stats page that was once uh, released by Mass Effect 3 that said for at least that game, 35% of the people uh, were renegades in that. You you bug him because uh, renegade m- is best shepherd. First m- of all, renegade shepherd, especially in Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. is by far the most fun you will have playing Mass Effect easily. I, I think that this is really interesting. I'd love to know a little bit more about the data. Like, yes. was this uh, was this 
people's first time through. Yes, yeah, if the, it's the, first the, the, time, the, the, I would totally believe that ninety two percent went oh, Paragon, Paragon for sure. on their well, first run. Well, the context around it is definitely weird because you don't have to just go one or the other. You can do a mixture of mm-hmm. the two throughout the game. Sure. But there is a gauge in there that kind of uh, tells you what you do the majority of. Which is and what that's I the other. Yeah, that's doing. the other thing is uh, I'd love to know if it's pure Paragon, pure Renegade. How mm-hmm. how it exactly how this was tallied? Like, yeah. Twitch has become home to many content creators outside of just gaming, and one such form of content is body painters, artists who use their body as a, as a canvas to paint sometimes lifelike costumes and images on themselves. One such streamer, Fork Girl, is facing a permanent ban now for violating Twitch's guidelines, which actually allows for body painting. Fork Girl says that she does everything humanly possible to stay within these guidelines and suspects the reason for her ban may have been a mass report. No, let me, let me put this out there right now, okay? Aren't you guys supposed to like boobs? Like that's what I thought. <laughs> like I thought that if you were a cis het but, guy, but it's taking you like views bo- away from their Call of Duty I'm games. I'm not viewing you. You suck. You're not good at the game. You're boring. You're lazy. You're sweaty. I don't want to watch you. I'd much rather watch this body paint girl play Call of and, Duty. And that's that. There's really been this like sort of lie that's perpetuated in the Twitch community that yeah if somebody's doing something to get attention and, and you can you can define that as any number of things that they're somehow stealing your views or stealing views from people you view as legitimately a part of the platform and to me you don't get to decide that no. the community doesn't get to decide that Amazon gets Gets to decide that because they own Twitch. Those are the only people, those are the only arbiters of any kind of moral fortitude on that website. And if it comes from anyone else, I am not hearing it. The market has spoken and they don't want to watch you, my guy. Flat out, okay? Does anyone remember the length that 2K Games went to when it came to sealing up Borderlands 3 leaks? They sent private investigators to the leaker's house. I do remember this, yes. Activision has sent multiple subpoenas to Reddit to try and uncover the identity of a Call of Duty leaker who leaked footage of the Battle Royale mode. The video has since been taken down due to copyright infringement, of course, and any mention or photo of it on social media has also been stripped away for the same reason. Yeah, I mean, listen... You run this risk when you post content that is not necessarily quote unquote out there yet. I think Activision was a little sloppy because it's on the disc already. They just need to flip a switch and let people play it. So you got to know that, you know, data miners and other types oh, of absolutely. people will put this content out, but you do run the risk I think of that being this, flagged. I, listen, I think that this is ridiculous, especially people being dragged into court for finding data that's distributed by the yeah. company now, that, that, is that you're just technically far. not supposed to find. Stop dragging people into yeah. court if you're distributing the data. You have to assume reasonably that people are going to pick through that to find out the new things that you're working on. If you don't want it, don't include don't it, it in the final build, period. Yeah. I have no sympathy for Activision here. Stop bothering people. EA Games has banned a YouTuber from every game on their platform as well as all of their online services. According to a statement EA re- or released by EA, they said Kurt, the guy in question, has continued to post abusive and threatening messages and videos about EA employees and competitive players on social media, and he has encouraged others to do the same. His messages have crossed a line of decency into very personal attacks and breach our terms of service. Kurt is uh, well known in the FIFA uh, community, he's been toxic for a long time, and, and let me just say this: uh, 
EA has shown that game companies can ban whoever they want to. Yeah. They can get you off of their games if they want to. So I really don't want to hear when we're talking about toxicity that game companies' hands are tied when it comes to people saying really vile, racist, terrible stuff. No. If you have somebody who's a repeat offender who is taking things way too far, you can get them off of your product. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, someone like EA, a company like EA that owns the product that you're talking about, owns the right to be able to pull your access to it. Um, They don't have the right to shut you up, though. They don't have the right to stop you or prevent you from saying any of those things. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is, yeah, can you tread into libelous territory doing that? Absolutely. But that's on the letter of the law, not EA's kind of discretion. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you can, you know, effectively piss off a game company enough to get them to ban you from all of their products. Good job. So here's a sad but sort of feel good story. A grandson took to Twitter to share a letter his grandma had written to Nintendo four years ago. She was a gamer herself and always played her original gray Game Boy. Over the years, it had broken or stopped working several times, and her grandson had found two replacements. Once the third stopped, though, he couldn't find any other Game Boys, so she wrote to Nintendo by hand and sent her broken one in hope they could fix it. But they could not. They did, however, somehow still have a sealed original Game Boy stored away in a warehouse somewhere, which they sent to her. Wow. The grandson was sharing this story because, sadly, his grandma had passed away at 99 oh. years old. Rest in peace, Game Boy Grandma. Wow. Uh, you know, First of all, amazing feel-good story. Good guy, Nintendo. Has, has an old-school uh, you know, Game Boy sitting around, sends it to this grandma. That's awesome. Yes, and uh, rest in peace, Game Boy Grandma. Samurai Jack is getting a brand new game developed by the same company who created Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker. Oh, no. And No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again. Oh, okay. That's that's good. That's not bad. Yeah. The last game Samurai Jack received was back in 2004. So Samurai Jack Battle Through Time doesn't yet have a release date, but will be, be available on all three major consoles and PC. I hope this turns out really good. I mean, obviously, I would have loved a group like Arc Systems games to be able to do a Samurai Jack game. But I think from, from what I I saw of the game. I think it'll be okay. I haven't got my hands on it, but it looks okay. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. That's all for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Last week on Tony Hawk's Twitter. Wow, how long has it been (laughs) since you've heard the name Tony Hawk on the radio? Uh, Last week on Tony Hawk's Twitter account, he announced an upcoming documentary titled uh, Pretending I'm Superman, the story of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So I am so excited for this. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think, like, not only am I excited for this documentary because I loved Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I, I loved all skateboarding games, but specifically Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, but even more than that, I'm so ready for this game series to come back. I mean, I, I am too, but at the same time, I'm kind of not. I mean, it, it, <laughs> spent, it spent a long time in the tank, Nate. I oh, Tony Hawk's Pro you don't Skater need to tell has me. not been great for I, a long time. I own Tony Hawk's Underground 2, okay? So you don't need to tell me. I know that for sure. But, I mean, the last one that we saw was the the Wii 
uh, Tony Hawk's. Was it we or we you that came I, with no, the I, peripheral? I think it was we because it, it came with the the, the, the board, skateboard yeah. deck uh, and was panned, rightly so. It was real bad. Um, but now that it's been gone for like four or five years, like I think reinvent yourself like God of War did and come absolutely. back with a bang. Yes, and, and it's funny that you brought up God of War is because I want this to usher in a new wave of game documentaries. I want to see more documentaries about video games, not just the creative process, but what these sort of characters and what this storytelling means to these companies and to the people that love these games. Because yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is emblematic of a generation. Absolutely. There was a group, entire cohort of people that grew up with Tony Hawk games, and I, I think this is a great sign for content being made around video games. See, that's the biggest thing I took away from it. I, I mean, I played the Tony Hawk games, but I'm not really all that excited uh, uh, for this particular uh, film. But the fact that the people like us who have grown up and they have now the ability to start making projects like this, that's what I'm into. You know, when are we going to see, you know, the first series about like the Halo generation and like the real birth of esports, right? Uh, And that that it's not just going to YouTube, right? Like that that they're actually production values. Well, not just full production values because there's a lot on YouTube that has full production values. I'm talking like they have got an exhibition. Uh, Tony Hawk and uh, Rodney Mullen are going to be showing up. Like they're actually screening this movie as if it's like a real movie and to me you're right i think that that is encouraging i love seeing the the you know people talking talking about uh tony hawk's pro skater and you know what that game meant to them growing up because it was hugely transformative all right well listen we want to hear from you what did the tony hawk games mean to you and are you excited for this documentary connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and and uh, when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, who would you grant a pardon to in gaming? There's a couple of absolutely not answers, but I want to know who you would grant a, uh, a pardon to in gaming. Plus, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what gaming tattoo you would get or already have. Those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP, but ahead next, we're going to check out some of the amazing toys from out at the 2020 Toy Fair. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Lots of cool stuff at the 2020 Toy Fair. We're going to talk about it. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and video games. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. Make sure you check out our website, CheckpointXP.com, for one of our newest shows, The Owl's Nest, all about the Overwatch League. Robbie, what's this week on The Owl's Nest? So uh, this week on the Owl's Nest, we actually have Houston Outlaws general manager Flame joining us to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that the Outlaws have faced this uh, season so far. And we're going to take a look at some of the top tier teams and break down what makes them so successful. Make sure you check out episodes of the Owl's Nest over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. 
So over the weekend, we had a lot of esports in action, but also the 2020 Toy Fair was going down at the Yavit Center in New York, and uh, we we didn't have anyone to send out there personally. Uh, all of us were busy in other capacities, but I did want to talk about it because usually there's some video game stuff that's shown off at Toy Fair, but uh, we also get to take a look at some of the newest toys that are going to be headed towards the market. That's right. So this list actually comes courtesy of Gizmodo by Victoria Song. So she breaks down some of the coolest stuff out there. And the first one, which I think is probably no surprise given how long it took to actually put it into production, but apparently Baby Yoda's were out in absolute force. I am not not surprised by this at all. Hasbro has an animatronic one that is only $60. So comes in the crib and everything. So, okay, so... We're talking about a 2020 Furby that yeah. looks like Baby Yoda. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Who would want that? I mean, don't mm, don't say who would want it. You know exactly. Who I just would want uh, but like Furbies, you know, Furbies are the worst abomination of Sir. a toy ever made. But they're Sir. not Baby Yoda. No, they're not Baby Yoda. But they would learn things. They would learn <laughs> words. And I'm not con- I'm not convinced that it wasn't a Skynet plan to kill us all, sir. You already know this is going to be the hot ticket item this holiday oh, season. No, it's know it. Tickle me Elmo all over again. All right, what else was it yeah, going so, on? Yeah, uh, so the next one up, which I thought was really cool. And I've been more in tune with Lego stuff because my girlfriend's real into Legos, uh-huh. but I've never realized just how expensive they are. But yes. following the Baby Yoda thing, uh, they have a Razor's Crest Lego set, which was the uh, the ship that the Mandalorian uh, had yes. in. Uh, the Mandalorian, and looks pretty good. You guys want to guess how much this thing is? Uh, this set 80 is? bucks. Yeah, mm. like, <laughs> I mean, because I saw... Wait, how I, big is it? Well, I saw a picture. It doesn't look like it's more than 100 pieces. I, it, it, there's actually probably a lot more to it than than that, but it's probably about the size of a football. Oh, 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 oh okay. you're talking about the bigger one. Okay, yeah. I thought you were oh, talking... Okay. okay, 300 so, that is a little bit high. It is $130 for a box of, of landmines, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty Here. much. You can't stand Legos. You put it together. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. This, this next one's for you, Nate. I know that you are uh, probably one of the biggest Venom fans that, that I know. And yeah. Hasbro is coming out with this <laughs> Stop gooey it. Uzi Venom. Uh, essentially, it, it comes with like this purple slime, this gak type stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and it oozes you, out of his chest. You load into the back of his head, and it oozes like out of his mouth. Oh, that's even cool. Yeah. Okay, so wait, this is not a new toy. They had this when I was growing up, when I was a kid. I had one of these. Really? Yeah, and it came with like a vial of black ooze that you loaded into the back of his chest, and it was sort of like a like a like a a garlic mincer, right? Like where you would just like push it through this this That's series so of small gross. holes in his chest. It was disgusting. <laughs> okay. It was absolutely disgusting. So another cool one that I saw. Uh, this is based on the How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm not even sure how to describe it, but essentially you you sort of like zip it up and like it has like a propeller and it flies up in the air. Yeah, it's a how to train your dragon drone. Yeah, but it has these sensors to where if you have your hand under it, it'll like follow where your hand is and your hand movement so you can actually like walk around and like Okay, Walk that's sweet. As you, right? That's sweet. So you basically look like an uh, astrologian from 14 with a little thing floating <laughs> no around No one knows what that yeah, is. Yeah, no one but, knows what you're yes, talking you about. You basically have a drone that you control like with hand movements and stuff. That's cool, though. <laughs> Who remembers the retro handheld games from Tiger Electronics? 
Oh, like are the, they coming back? Like the baseball? Yeah, like it's like all coming back? Really? So made Sonic Three. There's like two different Sonic Three ones. There's two X Men ones. A Did they make the screens one. better? Uh, no, they 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 no. look pretty much exactly oh, that okay. looks exactly the same from what I remember in my childhood. And by the way, uh, yeah, don't need that at all. No. Uh, G.I. Joes are also coming back with uh, six-inch classified series figures. Uh, uh, and, and these actually definitely more on like the collector side than like action figures that you would have probably have your kids uh, play with. Uh, but these come, they have uh, all types of like articulation, come with all types of accessories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Snake Eyes is one of the first ones that they're coming with that apparently just has like tons and tons of weapons and stuff you can like attach to his yeah. chest and stuff like that. I'm cool with it. I want G.I. Joe to come back because that'll justify my uh, Cobra Commander cosplay that I'm putting together. And I want people to understand what that is. So, Who, yeah. Who's looking forward to the remote control Cybertruck? <laughs> the Tesla Cybertruck? The truck? Tesla Cybertruck has an RC version that can go up to 25 miles per hour. Okay, that's kind of dope, though. And and probably what I think is the biggest abomination to ever come out of toys, there is an Etch-A-Sketch coming out called the Etch-A-Sketch Revolution that now has this this sort of dial on it so that you can draw perfect circles. That's uh, that's the extent of all the cool things, according to Gizmodo, that came out of the, uh, the Toy Fair. Honestly, I'm not impressed, except for the animatronic Baby Yoda. All right, now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio. I am Katowice is a meat grinder of a tournament this year for Counter-Strike Global Offensive and one where it is critical to show up and play well even if you don't win every match. But poor 100 Thieves showed up and looked like they hadn't practiced in weeks. They were destroyed on back-to-back maps by G2 as evidenced by this over-the-top play as G2 mowed them down over and over. He needs at least two kills out of his chance in the round. There's the first, not bad at all. There's the second, it's working out. Let's go, Nexa! My goodness gracious me, he's pulled it off. We said he needs two, he somehow gets four. I just squealed like a pig. Satisfaction. (laughs) 100 Thieves had no players who had a positive KDA in either map. Yikes. You know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make a submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. All right, switching gears and talking about the X1, uh, Xbox One uh, or the next Xbox the series. Xbox Series X. Look, their there names are okay, so I'm terrible. Sorry. You are forgiven. I'm so confused with their naming scheme of everything. It's bad. It's Ugh. real bad. Yeah, so uh, a lot more details, uh, specs and features just came out about the Xbox Series X. And it's it's, it's kind of led me to question who exactly are they trying to market to and, 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 and how are these actually supposed to convince anyone to buy it? Obviously, yes, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to be more powerful than the last generation. That's a given. Yeah. But the image that came out for the Xbox Series, I hate saying it, it's so stupid. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read you some of these features and, and just let me know if this is going to sell you on switching platforms, right? The okay. Xbox Series X, 12 teraflops. What's a teraflop? Variable rate shading. Okay. Hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing. Uh. Quick resume for multiple games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Smart delivery. What is smart delivery? 
smart, smart delivery. Deliver- is that like Uber Eats? Yeah, right, like first of all, that's the only thing that got my attention. If as I'm <laughs> Are we doing playing Amazon Call of Duty, I, yeah, now? <laughs> I can be like, hey, uh, you know, I want some uh, some. Some uh, uh, Hungry Howie set my way. And then five minutes later, like, you know, my phone pops up. Hungry Howie's is on the way. Sweet. Xbox, that will get me to buy your console. Wow. Okay, so... But I don't think that's what it is. So so those are a rundown of all yeah. the features that are going to be on the Xbox Series X. Now, I will say, I want to jump in and say this before anything else. This is what they're saying the machine is capable of. Not that, you know, games are all going to play in these, like, crazy that's high frame point. rates. Mm-hmm. It's literally like... Yes, I have a car that can go 190 sure. miles. And, and I mean, and you know what? That's a really valid point because we're seeing developers that are no longer putting in the time and effort to create these incredibly detailed games. Some are, don't get me wrong. There's always a place for AAA development. But look at some of the games that Square Enix has put out in the last five years. Things like Octopath Traveler that absolutely do not need those 12 teraflops or whatever the hell they are, right? Like, you don't need that. And if you don't absolutely need it to run almost every single game, what's the point? No, I I agree. I mean, none of this stuff gets me to buy a console. What gets me to buy a console is the software, is the games, the, yes. the, the exclusive content. That's what gets me to buy a console. So on, on that note, they did also announce that the Series X will have backwards compatibility with all four generations of yes, Xbox Yes, so games. that's what smart delivery actually is. Uh, oh, okay. I had to look sort, it up. Yeah, sort of, what yeah. smart delivery is, is if you buy like the newest Halo and you have the highest Series X, that's the one that's going to play on your box if you have the step down or if you buy cyberpunk on the xbox one and then upgrade yeah. you have it on the series X it'll, as well. it'll, it'll upscale it you'll have the better version so you won't have to buy two versions it, it, and and listen you know both companies are putting in more consumer friendly options and features and that is a welcome change especially from the last couple of generations of consoles but i think finally we're now starting to see console makers realizing that they are competing not just with set-top boxes that deliver television, but with PCs as well. And so, yes, there does have to be a certain amount of horsepower underneath the hood, but at the same time, you know, look at look at the gains that are coming out. Listen, we want to hear from you. What are the features that sell you on a console? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still add on Checkpoint XP. We're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what gaming tattoo you would get or have already gotten. But ahead next, who would you pardon in gaming? There's a lot of people who've got a long track record of a lot of sins in gaming. So who would be your one gaming pardon? Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. If you could pardon anyone in gaming, who would it be? 
That's the question that we're asking right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on The Fanatic. 97.5 in ESPN, 610 in Philadelphia, as well as everyone listening on ESPN Pittsburgh 970. For all the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Egbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esports from the perspective of the students who live and breathe it. What's this week on Checkpoint XP on campus? Well, we got a ton of great information for you. We're going to cover the TESPA Varsity Series Championships for Overwatch and the guys got a chance to go out to the Level Up Convention in Las Vegas, so they're going to have a whole bunch of content and stories from there, too. Awesome. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, and look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts. So we had a fun little discussion in the office this week asking who would you pardon, you know, because the president seems to like to pardon people these days. <laughs> who would you pardon in gaming, specifically yeah. in gaming? Yeah, it could be a personality, a person, a it streamer, could be an entire developer. De- yes, exactly. Anything. And, and the okay. idea What about too, a team? Can you, can sure, you pardon yeah, an entire well. development team? That's right. Okay. And the idea is that once you pardon whatever sins they've committed in gaming, that they've learned their lesson and they will Ooh. go on to not screw it up just as bad because otherwise I don't know that I would I would grant anyone a pardon you yeah. live with your mistakes so, fair enough so I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to start out and I'm going to pardon Bioware not EA they've done too much but I'm going to pardon Bioware for what happened with Mass Effect 3 and for what happened with Andromeda and uh, allow them to come out with whatever the next uh, game in the Andromeda series would have been to show people that if you just gave that game a chance and gave it one more, it would start to stack up to what the original trilogy did. No, right? but a YouTuber told me it was bad. Uh, I know. And there are YouTubers. funny faces. Yeah. No, yeah. you know what? But, Robbie, I'm going to actually take you one better and go for Maximum Impact, and I am going to pardon EA. <gasps> and the reason why I say that is because under the auspices that they no longer become a bad actor, which is not reality. But under those auspices, when you look at what EA owns and you look at how far their tentacles reach into gaming, if EA up and decided, you know what, we're going to be a good guy again, <laughs> there's a lot of great games. Again, that, that implies from. EA was ever a good guy. Yeah, in like 94. <laughs> Live 94 was pretty good. Uh, I I think, actually, Norris might be doing the most good with that pardon if, yes, you actually get to fix the bad behavior. Uh, For me, I don't think that there was any bad behavior on this guy, at least not that I can remember. So this was just over-sentencing. I would pardon Richard Garriott, a.k.a. Lord British, the creator of the Ultima franchise. (laughs) Because he's just a weirdo. That's the only thing. You're just I pardoning think- him for his weirdness. Yes, like, exactly. You're, like, I don't you're want- like, you're okay, man. Yeah, yeah, Lord exactly. British was around in 2019, 2020, at, at like the height of his popularity. Yeah, we would think nothing of Lord. Oh, British. Th- but like his house is a castle, and like he buys like swords and like bear rugs. He's Aussie man. He is. He's, yes, he is. He's like if it, he's what you would think of if a game creator got a whole lot of money and just got to spend 
it willy nilly. That's, that's what he happened. Also, he also tried to become an astronaut with his own money. That didn't end up working oh. out so well. So like, it's just general weirdness that Richard Garriott is guilty of. He's All never right. done anything wrong. He doesn't even need to fix any kind of behavior. I just think people should give him a second chance. Weird Beard, what about you? Who would you pardon in gaming? Uh, I would pardon Microsoft for the Xbox. Just all of it? For the one? For the one. And here's why. Because I honestly believe that they essentially abdicated the throne of the console wars and let PlayStation kick their ass for an entire too many years. And I think it made PlayStation and and Sony very complacent. They know their second fiddle. No, I think the better pardon would have been pardoning Sony for PS3 because they never should have ceded the ground that they completely gained with PS2. All I know is I want to advocate for the consumer, and I hope this next round goes around so that everybody gets to choose what they want for less than five bazillion dollars. Well, that's fair enough. You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. We're talking about uh, folks in the gaming world that we would pardon if we had the power to do so. So let's talk about someone whose bad behavior Who could probably got, use the pardon. Yeah, could probably use the pardon. Yeah. So Ninja came out and uh, uh, he tweeted out uh, uh, the phrase: "It's just a game." Is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. Which, on its face, there's a nice sentiment, but I also like to play a clip that someone uh, uh, grabbed from one of his recent streams. Anyone ever uses the excuse, it's just a game, I'm going to lose my mind. Imagine telling LeBron James, Tom Brady, that when that they're... When they're, when they're- off after losing a game that it's just a game like i'm gonna lose like are you kidding me you're so stupid it's about it's the competitive nature bro it's about respect bro it's about pride it's so much bigger than a video game and anyone that ever uses the excuse it's just a game is a horrible human being and is lazy you're a lazy human being can you imagine just living in this world like take yourself out of everything you do in your daily life and you are so incensed by other people playing video games that you decide to call them lazy and horrible people. Horrible human beings. Because of how they react when they lose a video game. Man, I feel a whole lot better about the way that I personally react (laughs) when I lose, right? Because this is just ridiculous. Like, if you're at the point where you're actually willing to say that someone is less of a person for taking a loss well, I think you don't understand what good sportsmanship is yeah. and, people- and this this actually really explains why we don't see ninja in very many tournaments at all ah yes yeah i was gonna say the, the thing that i was immediately reminded of was last year when epic games actually extended the window to qualify for one of their tournaments and he still didn't make it yeah now, people in the space seem to fall on either side of this people are like i understand where the sentiment's coming from but the thing is ninja is that you can lose and understand that maybe you got outplayed not being angry about losing doesn't mean anything because you can still be in control of your emotions yes. like an adult yes. and realize I got outplayed there and I need to better myself. I need to figure out what it was that caused that loss. Make sure it doesn't happen again. And you can do that without throwing your monster energy can through the wall. Well, and the thing to me that really makes it the most kind of disturbing to hear that from somebody like Ninja is the fact that knowing the demographics oh, of yes. the people that watch them, knowing that we already have this issue with gaming and toxicity especially at a young age that's what worries me because everything they teach you in actual sports like 
traditional sports is that you will not win every game. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You will lose. There is nothing wrong with looking at a loss and saying, you know what, I'm I'm upset we couldn't win that, but you know what, we're going to hit the drawing board, hit the tapes and all that good stuff. Absolutely. But you're not supposed to sit there and get angry and go, oh, I'm so mad. It's stupid, and it's a waste of energy and time. And I, I just hate this kind of messaging coming from somebody like Ninja. I, I agree. And listen, we have seen video after video after video of young people overreacting to the loss of a video game. And I, I don't think that we need any more of that. And that's what Ninja's words encourage. Listen, we want to hear from you. What did you think of Ninja's statement about losing? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, this time you Use the hashtag, it's just a game, just to piss off Ninja. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. Starting in the Overwatch League, week four, we'll see the OWL heading down to the Lone Star State for the Houston homestand. The Outlaws will be welcoming New York, Florida, Toronto, Atlanta, London, Boston, Philly, and Paris to town. Turning our attention to the spring split of the League of Legends LCS, where Cloud9 continue to dominate. Monday Night League this week will play host to Counterlogic Gaming and Immortals, while Dignitas squares off with Cloud9 in a must-see match. The last weekend in February marks IEM Katowice. In addition to StarCraft II, the tournament also marks the first ESL major of 2020 for CSGO. As we look towards March, all eyes are on ESL1 Los Angeles, marking the first Dota ESL major of the year. The Apex Legends Global Series has its first major stop in Arlington, Texas. That event runs from March 13th through the 15th. The Capcom Pro Tour has a stop in Brussels that'll run from March 20th through the 22nd. And that's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. Remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on ESPN Central Texas, KZRI and KTON in Waco, Texas, as well as ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Make sure you visit our website, CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. Also, check out the latest in the Collegiate Star League rank before the CSL Grand Finals by staying up to date with Checkpoint XP on campus. Here are the latest in Dota 2, League of Legends, and CSGO college rankings and find the teams that are going to be making an appearance at the event. Will Stony Brook University, who has been ranked first for the majority of the season, hold on to the top spot and take the hardware home? Want to see highlights from the recent University of Michigan versus Western Michigan CSGO match? And will Rising Stars University of Toledo continue their meteoric rise? in the league rankings to be able to dethrone the current champs, Harrisburg University of Science and Technology. Find out on Checkpoint XP on campus and at our website, CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us over on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week, we asked you what gaming tattoo you would get. And actually, a lot of the responses that we got were of tattoos that you already have. Yeah, there's actually really, really big responses here. But first, of course... We start with where we usually do, with mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, I have always wanted a tattoo. Like, 
almost for really? as long as I can, like at least really? being an adult. Yeah. Okay. And and my, my my problem is first, it's always been money. Money. Tattoos they are, are expensive. expensive. Uh, but I fall in one of two categories. I like tattoos that are done in like a, a, a unique or interesting way to make it look like they're part of you, like where people have like you know skin being torn off or burned away, or like and a, it kind of look like imprint. a Terminator underneath. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or ones that are very minimalistic. And if I were to get a gaming one, it would probably be Mass Effect. And, you know, getting one of, like, the Mass Effect sort of shoulder armor would be a massive undertaking. So the mm-hmm. idea that I've always had is, you know, like, the sort of heart monitor, like, the little bleep that you see, the little, like, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having something like uh, that, EKG, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But having the N7 symbol in there somehow, it's never anything I've been able to conceptualize, like, myself, because mm-hmm. the 7 of it makes it really weird. But if I could find an artist that could do that in a really cool sort of minimalistic, simplistic way... I think that's what I would say. See, get. I'm the exact opposite. I have never, ever wanted tattoos, ever. Don't want to mar the perfect temple of a body that is more. <laughs> it. It ha- no, it, ha- it actually doesn't have anything to do with that. It just has more to do with the fact that I don't really believe in anything that strongly. To Some people put- say you don't need to. Well, no, I know. I mean, I I'm knew saying- a guy that got a picture of an ice cream cone tattooed on himself because he's like, it ain't, it ain't got to mean nothing. See, that's stupid to it me. Was. That's, and, no, I, I and I don't, don't want to do that. That is and, truthfully and on- the dumbest thing. Thing I've ever heard. Well, and on top of that, like the last thing I want is to tattoo myself with something that is essentially making me, me a walking billboard of a franchise that then begins to suck. So imagine all the people who went out and got Assassin's Creed tattoos after the first two Assassin's Creeds, and they had to spend a decade explaining why they got an Assassin's Creed <laughs> tattoo. That's why you put it somewhere now. you can hide it. Yeah, that's a good point. No, that's fair. But if if I would get one, right. if Force I'm at one, gunpoint, you good. have to get one. What's the game i'm not getting one shoot me oh all right gone by. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what about you so uh as i was growing up uh i spent a lot of time going to punk and metal shows and you know piercings and tattoos were a really big part of that scene and so for a long time i thought i wanted a tattoo until i hit about 30 and now i'm in norris's camp where i'm like Get that away from me. I have no interest in a tattoo because I know how much I've changed in like between 20 and 30. You, you know what I mean? You nearly got one though. Back I did. We, 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 we did a podcast for uh, Final Fantasy 14, and in the game, if you were what was called a legacy member, yes. your character had a special tattoo on the back of the neck, and we yes. actually did a competition to raise money, and the winner was going to get that tattoo. That was almost you. I know. That was almost me. I would, And you know what? I would have worn it with pride had I won that competition, but I didn't. So uh, our, our old co-host Chris has to <laughs> deal with that on the on his body for the rest of his life. Um, but listen, I'm, I'm just not... I'm I'm not a tattoo guy. I'm not. If I had to pick a series, though, that it would come from Metal Gear, that's that's probably pretty close. Okay, yeah, actually, I might think I might think of the Foxhound. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I want something out of Zelda, but not cliche, like not a trifle. Yeah, because Zelda was like the first game that I ever became sure. obsessed that's with. So, uh, all right, taking a look over on social media, let's get to some of these responses. By the way, we don't need to hear from Weird Beard. We already know he's got a boo tattoo, so you can just shut up. Boo! Uh, boo. All right, uh, let's check out some of the responses coming in over social media. All right, so we'll start with Jorge, who said. What if you already have gaming tattoos? I got a Reaper from Mass Effect, Neath from Zone of Enders, and two from Persona and a Haunter 
from Pokemon. He is decked out. That's 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 real dedication, though. Uh, I just I like I don't want really. Neath isn't even the dopest one from Zona (laughs) Enders. Why not get Anubis? There's there's a lot of people too. Like you said, a Reaper from Mass Effect. There's a lot of people that have either like the enemies or like the evil like corporations as their tattoos. Yeah, it must be Uh, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle says I'm totally getting a Destiny tattoo for my birthday. I already have an Assassin's Creed. See, I wonder how she felt when Black Flag came out and people were just Brotherhood. like... Brotherhood. Yeah, yo, that <laughs> you game know what? It sucks. probably doesn't change how she felt about the original ones, though. I, you know what? That's probably fine. Although... I think if you have a tattoo, you're it, there's some internal conversation that you have talking yourself into liking mm-hmm. it more than you should. Probably. So our friend Pasukan Kel says, if it's cool enough for Mario, then it's cool enough for me. And she had what is pictured is Mario with the Tribal Edition Game Boy Advanced SP tattoo. <laughs> no. no. What? No. 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 I'm uh-uh. sorry, Pasukan. No. No. Uh, I mean, that's like saying if it's cool enough for Batista, it's cool enough for... No. No. Don't get any of Batista's tattoos, please. Uh, Nathan over on Twitter says, I'd get Starman from Earthbound. Okay. That's a nice sort of simple one. Yeah, that's simple. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely simple. See, I I would want something that's not recognizable as like a video game thing on my body. Yeah. Right? Like when I buy t-shirts, I don't like the t-shirts to be like just a, a the character from the game just printed on the t-shirt. Yeah. Almost I, I, like a, a in joke. Yeah, I, I want it to be more subtle. like one of my favorite t-shirts that I own is the IDDD or IDDQD IDDQD. Thank you. Yeah. Uh which is from uh, the original Doom game mm-hmm. with one of the the eye demons. Uh Frame Loss here over on Twitter. Uh he- he says, Foxhound logo is my next tattoo. I currently have the Shinra logo. So he was the one that I was thinking of. Okay, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's not bad. Although, I've which seen the Foxhound logo? Yeah, not the early one. That one's... Oh, you don't like the early one? I don't no. like the early I like the MGS one. See, yeah. I, I like the Metal Gear 2 one that's like a little bit more crazy cartoony. Fox. Yeah! yeah. Alright, yeah, yeah, long-time yeah. listener of ours, Volkai, wants to get a tattoo that would go great with his pumpkin spice latte and his Ugg boots. <laughs> he says, probably the Triforce. A reminder to have the courage to use my power. Shut up. Guided by Shut wisdom up. to make the world a better yeah. place. You are so bad. Basic. <laughs> Ew, Volkai. People get the Triforce tattooed on them without knowing what the Triforce is. I mean, it's just a good geometrical symbol. No, it, is. it is. So, I mean, I can't. It's 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 eye catching and appealing, but no, no. You know what's a good one? The 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 Balam Garden symbol. From that wouldn't be bad. That's, That's not, not a bad. bad one. That's not bad. We got time for one more. Uh, Athene River says either the top of Yuna's Nirvana staff from FF10 or Bayonetta's butterfly wings. Both would be on my back. Okay, see, again, it's actually pretty cool. Not readily recognizable yeah. as something that comes from a video game. Totally cool with that. All right, thank you so much for all of your responses. we got to leave the discussion right there, but make sure you follow us on social media, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, so that you can make your voice heard on next week and every week's social media question. That's going to be it for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles, and all of the Checkpoint XP podcasts, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley 
Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment producing by Norris Howard, producing and booking help from Chad Callahan, Sonic Speed Enthusiasm Club President Weird Beard, and of course my co-hosts, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. Mm, my name's A. Bender. Keep listening. <laughs>